Hey, this is Matt from Blue October, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host Jason, along with Chris. Yo. All right, and uh, once again, we're uh, coming at you with a disappointing week. Sadly enough, we're uh, one and two this week, and yeah, we got some other stuff to go over. Though we're going to go over our nominees for Blues Hall of Shame. <coughs> uh, we got a good contest to announce. We're going to try to keep it positive this whole time, and we're going to try. We're going to do our best. It's like I said, uh, we're going to me and Chris are coming up with some really good stuff to bring you guys over the next. Uh, three-fourths of the season because uh, it's not looking great right now. The As we said, the lose for Hughes effect is uh, in full effect right now, it seems I like. I think it is. And I think much like the team right now, we're uh, we're both kind of the walking dead. Uh, it's The injury bug has hit the locker room and the uh, illness bug has hit the podcast. We're all a bit under the weather. Yeah, like I think I'm – I think today's the first day for me I was uh, – at least starting to feel better. I felt like trash Saturday night when we hung out and saw and watched a movie and hung out with some friends. The next day, Chris felt hella bad. Well, I was still trying to recover on the couch. And then we're about, we're on Tuesday, uh, the fourth. Yeah. So we're about four or five days removed from that. And I think Chris is starting at least. So you sound better at least. <laughs> I I'm still kind of there. I have a wicked cough. Yeah. So we're going to get through this. Uh, like I said, the blues are hitting injuries. We're hit with injuries, but. We're going to power through it and uh, do our best. So, like I said, the injury bug hit the blues. Um, everybody's hurt. So, from the captain on down to uh, your sixth, seventh defenseman, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are right now. You're, you're Somebody's hurt on the blues. Yeah, it's true. Uh, um, so, we'll go over injuries real quick before we do the games and all the call-ups. It's kind of a hodgepodge right now, which is uh, – it kind of stinks right now, to say the least. So Time to be a fan. Yeah, uh, so Alex Petrangelo, like fans are clamoring for him to get sad or whatever. Well, he's going to sit now with a hand injury, hand to wrist injury. Uh, he is going to be reevaluated in on around Christmas, which is about three weeks from now. Um, and they don't know if he'll need surgery or not. So they're gonna, he's going to try to heal without it. But if not, he, he might need surgery, which I don't know if that will continue make it longer or he'll get surgery before this three-week thing. They really didn't specify, but he may need surgery. Here's my so, thought before we even get to the other injuries, like just Petro alone. At this point of the season, why rush him back? Like, I 100% agree. If, if there's even a question of surgery, shut him down. Just shut him down. Yeah, I think you should just take your time with everybody, no matter who it is. Um, so the next person we're going to, Jaden Schwartz. Um, it's, it's, it never really reported, but it sounds like a broken finger is what some, uh, some of the reports came out with. He has the same prognosis as Petrangelo. He'll be, uh, you know, he's, he's more uh, day-to-day, I think, they, according to this thing. So, no, excuse me, Steen's day-to-day. Schwartz is probably out till Christmas. This is my injuries. I'm trying to get them all connected here. So, Alexander Steen hurt again, back for one game after missing six with concussion symptoms. Yep. 
probably knocked out by Eric Johnson, who had no supplemental discipline, which that blew me away. I'm a little shocked on that. I'll be honest. Like, that seemed like a straight elbow to the head. And they said it was a hockey play that was unavoidable, unavoidable which was according to uh, the the player safety, which I thought was interesting. It just kind of blew me away that I it seemed like he was it was obviously a retaliatory hit from Steen laying a good check on McKinnon, and he literally came right back and laid right into him. He got the five minute misconduct and the game misconduct, and they think that was enough, which I disagree. But maybe I'm being yeah, over there. This is the first time where I've seen the league not follow through with discipline when everyone thought there there should be. The league has seemed to have done a very good job of if you get a misconduct penalty, odds are you're at least getting the game. Uh, yeah, so I'm not really sure what they're going to do. So I was surprised. Him on this one is that he's not a repeat offender. Yeah. So I. Uh, if he had had priors, I think you would have seen him sit. Uh, actually, according to my notes here, he had he got uh, two games for uh, slashing uh, last year. Well, so I'm surprised, but I mean, who knows where that falls? I forgot how the, with the re- repeat offender exactly. There is it, is it for the it's same in a certain amount of time. Say again. I said, isn't it if, to, be, to be a repeat offender? Don't you have to break essentially the same rule? Uh, it's in a certain amount of time. If you any any kind of infraction, a certain amount of time. I thought it was like within six months, but I could be wrong. Maybe eighteen months. I'll have to do some research on that and get back to you on the next podcast. But uh, yeah, so he um, they get nothing there. Um, so Steen is back on their concussion symptoms. He's day to day. Carl Gunnarsson day to day with he's having a hip injury. So you have a lot of injuries there. I mean, you're at the point of just. Well, let's not forget the big one. Oh, my am missing? Sorry, Timmy. Bobby Fabry. Oh, there we go. I forgot that one. We missed that one because we we kind of missed this game. So Fabry with his shoulder, he's day to day, which is surprising as hell to oh, me. Yeah. From the way he reacted after this hit, it looked like a separated shoulder to me. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was too, and I thought we were looking at yet again another big loss of time for Robbie Fabry, and and I like him, and I think that as the season's gone on, he has gotten stronger, but I I really fear that he's one more big injury away from being cast chronic, away. Chronic injury guy who's not going to really always make make the impact you thought he was going to make. When we first drafted him in his first yeah. year, like after his rookie year, you thought, hopefully that's not the best we get to see of him. And this injury is going to rattle this guy and he's just never going to be himself again. So uh, everybody's day to day. So they have three call ups on this. So one was very obvious was Jordan Cairo, who's starting to catch a little streak. He had a four game scoring streak. Yeah, you know, start off really slow in uh, San Antonio. Mind you, San Antonio was playing God awful, just as bad as the Blues. They had like an eight game losing streak. Um, but they kept, caught fire, won, uh, I think, five of six. And then they lost two of three on the, over the weekend. But they're, went, they're back to playing well. Jordan Kyrie has a four-game scoring streak. He gets called back up. Uh, Eric, uh, excuse me, I almost said it. Chris Butler gets called back up, who I thought had a couple okay games to start the game, uh, start the season. So he's back up after having some decent uh, games. And he was inserted into the lineup right away, at least for practice lines. And uh, I guess a new guy, Jordan Nolan, 
gets his first uh, Blues action this year. He gets called up after he has 13 points in the last 10 games in the uh, AHL. So here's a guy who's won two cups with the Kings. Uh, he's obviously a fourth liner. So who, maybe he'll bring some of the grit and toughness to, to the fourth line. We'll see how that turns out. Sure. So uh, those are the call-ups and those are the injuries to start the week. These happen during the week, but we're going to go through the games real quick here. <coughs> little three-game road trip the Blues have after having a bunch of games at home. Maybe they just need to reset. You're hoping after having a disappointing couple games. They go to Detroit, who is one of the worst teams in the league yeah. for Wednesday night hockey. And, man, how boring was this first period for the Blues? This uh, was uh, not the most fun game in the world. Yeah, it was 15-4. The Blues are outshot in the first period. There's tons of penalties. And, and Jake Allen playing pretty well to hold him into it until the second period. Second period rolls around, and then just the floodgates just open. And what they did. Thomas Vanek gets a goal, his third of the year. From Nyquist and De La Rose at the 422 mark. Uh, Andres and Thisu is 11th, who's he has like I think a four game, five game scoring streak here from Green and Vanek. At the 11 minute mark, Tyler Bertuzzi gets his seventh from Glenn Denning and Green. So three nothing, a little more than halfway through the period. So you're like, well, this one's over already because I mean, they're like rolling through this period too, and yes, it's just are. as bad as the first period. And you think the Blues are not going to really do anything. Uh, David Perron has a very nice goal here, though. I'll say that much. Boy, pretty, yes. much, pretty much does it himself after getting the pass from Petrangelo at the red line and just dances around almost all four of the Red Wings on the power who were on the power play and goes top shelf on Jimmy Howard. Excuse me, should I call him future blue Jimmy Howard now? Well, I mean, <laughs> it depends on who you're talking to. That's the only thing that made this game interesting was that, you know, the day before the Blues played Detroit, all of a sudden, the rumors pop up that the Blues are interested in Jimmy Howard. Yeah, so, and then according to the report, like, they want Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. I was like, kiss my ass. You're well, not got. getting one of those guys. Absolutely not. Ridiculous. Like, that for a guy who's a UFA, who's 34 years old, I mean, he has he's had decent stats this year, but not oh. worth that much for a guy who's not going to oh. be a huge upgrade. Not so, even half that much. Yeah. So, uh, you get Jake Allen, our, you get a draft pick. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's why I said if you're going to do it, it's Jake Allen and somebody just to get his contract off the books for next year. That's about the only thing you're really getting out of the deal. And, or a low, or like a low, uh, prospect, somebody like Sammy Blay or somebody like that. That's not the highest I would go on it, but right. no, nobody really of note. Uh, so back to the game, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his eighth of the year off a really nice pass from Ryan O'Reilly uh, and uh, Vince Dunn at the 15-minute mark. So the Blues cut it to 3-2 to two after two power play goals. They go into the third period, and, man, they looked really good. And Jimmy Howard held Detroit into this. David Prong gets his eighth of the year for the Blues to tie it at the eight-minute mark from Fabry and Shen. So you're like, all right, the Blues got the tying goal. And they had a sequence pretty close after this where they held it in the zone for almost two minutes straight. Yep. And you're like, man, we're going to get this go-ahead goal. It's going to be great. And then a real quick turnover and bang in the back of our net. Tyler Bertuzzi gets his second of the game, his eighth of the year from Rasmussen at the 13-minute mark. And, you know, the Blues did put a lot of pressure on at the end here. And I thought they had a shot here of possibly 
getting the tying goal. Unfortunately, they don't. So the Blues fall 4-3. I think in the last minute, O'Reilly won four face-offs in the offensive zone. Yeah, and just basically we held it in our zone, except for I think like for one or two times where it just escaped our zone. Right. And they are their zone. And we pretty much had pressure the last two minutes of the game in their zone and just some good saves by Howard, some block shots. Uh, just they couldn't get it in there. It just sucked, but they fall to Detroit four to three. So that was once again, when do you think we hit rock bottom? It's like you're not at rock bottom yet, you know? Where it's like, this game was rock bottom, right? No, that game wasn't rock bottom. This game rock bottom? No, this game isn't rock bottom. So then we put go to play Colorado, who's on a six game win streak with the top two scores in HL with me in at forty one points, Nathan McKinnon at forty points. Guys that are tearing this game, this league up, and you're like, man, this isn't going to be good. So we'll see how the Blues do. They get Alexander Steen back for this game before they lose him. But Vladimir Tarasenko starts it off with a goal on a partial break. Is ninth of the year. He's on a three-game scoring streak, so maybe he's starting to get hot again. Gets from Edmondson to Barbashev at the almost the five-minute mark. Steen gets a goal within the last 30 seconds on a power play after stealing the puck after some good work after they uh, lost uh, possession in the Colorado zone. 2 nothing going into the second period. Blues can't hold on. Uh, the first minute, Nikita Zadorov gets a shot from the point that eludes Allen. Uh, in the third period, Mika Rantanen gets his 11th on the power play. Uh, so you're like, well, crap. Couldn't hold a 2 nothing lead. The little push here from Colorado, but let me rewind here. So let's talk about the Steen hit. So we kind of alluded to it earlier Yeah. with Steen getting hit by Eric Johnson. So Steen played a really good game, man. It just sucks. Like he came back and had some good, good shifts on the power play. And ever since he came back from that short stint uh, away, I thought that he has played very invigorated hockey. Yeah, like I said, I have no problem with, like, let me be wrong, the almost $6 million in, in cap hit sucks. But for what he, you know, for what he brings, but he still brings the defense, and he still brings, obviously he laid that huge hit on McKinnon, which caused Eric Johnson to lay, go in and have a dirty hit on him. But he was playing well and playing both ends of the ice, doing well in the power play, doing, doing good on the uh, killing off penalties. I mean, he's doing everything you want him to, and then once again you lose him. Like, it just, you know. I really didn't like the hit, and but it seems like they didn't punish anybody over the weekend. I, I was listening to NHL radio that day, and they talk about their uh, dirty hits for the weekend, and they went over like four or five, and each one was not punished. And I think four of the five, according to the whole thing, it was Boomer and Matarez, I think, was yeah. the two that day. I think they, I think they said four of the five, they still like they thought for sure. They were going to be penalty. They were sure there's going to be some kind of discipline, and they were shocked there was none. And they said Steen, the Steen hit was the worst one. They said that one was the one that he said for sure. He saw the hit, and he's like, "All right, he's getting two games." And they didn't. So that was kind of so. Once again, not, not only we were surprised, but the national guys were surprised too. So, well, if the department I mean, player is safe, you never know. No, you don't. I mean, and it happens. There's times where the experts get it wrong and there's times where we as fans probably overreact and think that things are worse than they are. But I think what you said that makes the most sense is that it's obvious that this was a retaliatory hit. It wasn't just a, you know, incidental contact that happened because of close quarters. Eric Johnson took a run at Alex Steen. 
plain and simple. That's what I thought. I mean, that's, I think that's why you see the hit that Steam laid on him and put the whole hit into context. I think it's obvious that he was a retaliatory hit, which I think it should have been more than just him getting the rest of the game. So, but you do what you do. But we'll say probably one of the highlight goals of the year. Let's say something we've been waiting Colton Preco to do for a really long time. Boy, oh boy. Uh, one minute and 34 seconds in, he basically puck gets out of the zone and he just starts chugging along and beats two of the three defenders out. And one of the defenders is uh, Gerard, and who's about who's like five eight, and he just kind of like skated around him and powered past him and did a one-handed uh, kind of shot past Varlamov, who was expecting him to go to his forehand. So uh, I highly uh, suggest everybody go out there and look at that goal. So something we really were looking for Colton Pareko to do. And you can see the team just was elated after this. So I'm like, yeah. maybe this is some little spark they needed. But yeah, <laughs> about that goal more than anything else, mm. Colton Pareko used his size. Correct. And that's something he we've been begging him for. Literally ran over that defender. Yeah, use his size, speed, and everything. Like everything that we've been asking him to do, he kind of finally put into, you know, all into <laughs> one package. And like it was like the one of the better looking goals that the Blues have had this year. Yes. And man, the team is just so excited. And finally, I was like, man, maybe this is something to help propel them forward because they are facing a, a backup goalie who's mind you had a pretty. Go ahead. Two division games in two weeks. Yeah. So I mean that's. An improvement compared to what they have been. So, I mean, they beat uh, Nashville, me, and Nashville and Colorado. So, they've beaten two teams, one convincing, one in overtime. So, I mean, you're getting points, which is good. And uh, even in that Colorado game, we had to go to overtime, but the team looked good. Yeah, the whole game. It's not like, I mean, they may be wrong. They lost a 2 nothing lead, but um, you talk about a team that has two of the top scorers and – I mean, you, not like I saw them playing like trash the whole time. I thought Allen was pretty good the whole time. I thought the goals that he gave up were right. not like, you know, like, oh, my God, I wish Jake – I can honestly say – Yeah, to me, this was not a case of Colorado playing down to St. Louis. This yeah. was St. Louis bringing their game up to meet Colorado. Which hasn't happened that much in the last year. No. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like they've done a lot of different uh, – Things in this little run, playing down, not showing up at all, having a really good game. But I think that when they actually play up to the opponent, that just seems that they're just – it's the kind of hockey that I think the Blues fans expected during when they made all these acquisitions in the offseason. I 100% I agree. And I think it was nice to finally see this team get rewarded for their effort with an overtime win because that was their first in five overtimes this year, I believe. Yeah. So. It was finally not. It's finally nice for them to get an overtime win this year. Uh, a couple of news and notes before we, we won't really go too much into the Arizona game because they got schlacked six to one. Robert Thomas got a second goal. That's about it. Uh, Robert Thomas did sit out the Colorado game. Uh, just Steen coming back in. They said Steen did. Uh, Thomas didn't really have a great game in Detroit, so they decided to sit him. So it's a good re- reset for him. Uh, Let's see. Oh, the Blues decided to waive Nikita Shoshnikov, so I don't maybe have to learn that name anymore. But uh, he did not get picked up, which was extremely surprising to me. And uh, yeah, he got sent down to San Antonio. Say that again. 
I figured that somebody would have picked him up. Yeah, there's a lot of the guys that were getting picked up. Like there's a LA picked up two guys in three days off waivers, and I really was expecting the Blues. I was really expecting if those guys got picked up, like Soshnikov has about the same upside as those guys, and I'm surprised he didn't Agreed. get picked up at all. So um, he went down to San Antonio. So and I was surprised he did not get one of the call backed up either. So it was actually Kyrou and Nolan instead of him. So it uh, seems like he uh, – right now, the guys that you kind of expect to be on the team, Thorburn and Shoshnikov, are down in the minors. So it's interesting how that worked out. We can keep Thorburn down there as long as we want. Coming off a one-game suspension too. So he got suspended for one game down there for uh, – there was a big old like uh, fight. Uh, I don't know if you saw Bennington going after uh, a whole hey, bench the other game. They they're losing like seven to one, and the guy scored on him, and all of a sudden he just went crazy, <laughs> went after the guy, and started yelling at their bench. And I was like, "Cool, That's call him up, happened. call him up, and go after somebody on the other team." You pull up Billy Madison and go after someone with the skate. Skate. Well, Happy Gilmore, rather sorry. Happy Gilmore, there you go. Happy Gilmore was on the uh, actually on the other day too. I watched it uh, the first time in a long time. So you good movie. So, a hockey movie or a golf movie? Ooh, that's a tight see. In my younger days, I would always say hockey because I'm just like, oh, it's a hockey movie because there weren't too many hockey movies out nowadays. But I guess you really had to say it's more of a golf movie, technically. Yeah. I mean, it, I like you know the hockey elements are there, but not like compared to like you know Slapshot or Mystery Alaska type flames. But sure, that's a debate for another day. That's almost like we had Die Hard as a Christmas movie. You saw where Bruce Willis came out and said it's not. Yeah, he did. So he's I guess it makes it the official. Uh, we actually had a debate at work the other day because on the board, somebody asked at our work, um, what's your favorite Christmas movie? He always has a little whiteboard at work. We always write down stuff. So I they said, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I put Die Hard down right away just to see what somebody would say. And somebody erased it right away. And I'm like, so who erased my answer? It's not a Christmas movie. Somebody else wrote Gremlins. Is Gremlins a Christmas yes, movie? it is. All right. Gremlins well. is my favorite Christmas movie. I said, if Die Hard is not, I said, if Gremlins can stay on the board, I think Die Hard needs to go back up because I think it's just as much a Christmas movie as Gremlins is then. If we're gonna go, if we're doing that, so my opinion. So we'll go. That's my personal opinion. I haven't seen Gremlins in a long time either. Gremlins is good. It's no Emmett Otter's Drug Bad Christmas, but it's good. You told me about this. I have, I saw the post that you had online. I have no you idea. Need you're you need to show it to your daughter. I know. I saw it and I saw it's coming out, so I think I need to uh, look that up on the YouTubes and check it out. It came and, uh, out in 1978. It's uh. For those of you who are unaware, it is uh, a Jim Henson movie, uh, so it's very uh, Muppet style, mm-hmm. um, and it is just this, you know, podunk country town of otters and things like that, and they have a Christmas pageant. That's and, crazy. You know, it's like every Jim Henson thing. There's a lesson to be learned and, and stuff yeah. like that, but it's just a, it's a great. Great. It's Jim Henson. If you like Muppet movies, if you like the Sesame Street movies, if you like good family movies for Christmas, I highly suggest finding you a copy of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. All right. So there's a Christmas suggestion for Christmas movies. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, because we watched Fraggle Rock the other day. You know Fraggle Rock's on HBO? Fraggle Rock is. Yeah, Fraggle Rock was on HBO when I was a kid. 
it's on HBO again. So I showed to my daughter the other day, and I was like, "This is what your like, my wife like loves Fraggle Rock." Is so it she the original Fraggle Rock, or are there yeah, there's no, it was the original one. Tell us the date; it's at '88 on it. So yeah, that show was my jam back in the day. Yeah, it was just some random episode we watched, and she she liked it. So she'll probably like the Emmett. And the, uh, what is it called, Emmett? Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. All right, so there we'll look that up. So uh, we'll transition into, like I said, keeping it super positive here. So we're gonna keep it into the uh, Blues Hall of Shame. Uh, nominations. So here we are. So we came up with four nominations. So some are current, some are not not current, but recently current. Current. They're all former Blues. Nobody's on the current they're team. All well deserving of this high praise. Correct. And they're all guys that, like we keep them that are not the team anymore. If you're on the team right now, you're not. not you can't be in the Hall of Shame. So no Jake Allen's. No. Uh, whoever you want us at. Mike Yo is now a possibility. So he's not on the team, but he's not on this one. So he's now a possibility being fired. So it came with four nominations. We tried to run the gamut of forwards, defensemen, uh, coaches, whatever we could think of. And we just, these are the four that we, me and Chris kind of batted around and settled on. So one, it hurts my heart to say this, but uh, Patrick Berglund's our first nomination. I mean, where to start with this nomination? If we're going to call David Perron, fan favorite David Perron, I think we have to call Patrick Berglund fan least favorite Patrick Berglund. Yeah, he's the whipping boy for – outside of his rookie year, he probably might have been the, the whipping boy. He was probably the, out of the kid line, the least popular, you would say? I mean, I would say that he was 100% the Jan to uh, – to Oshi and Perron's Marsha. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, he had to use 21 in Swedish. So I was like, all right, so he's going to be at Peter Forsberg, of course. Like, you know, logic for me. I was, you know, I'm like, oh, of course he's going to be awesome. He's a yeah, center. He's Swedish and he's, where's number 21. So I remember that kid line and that rookie year, like, the three of those guys were fu- just hot fire. Yeah, they're fun to watch. That's what we had to latch on to. We had something to latch on to during those uh, lean years, and that's what we were latched on to. You know, with the exception of the fact that Perron has been back multiple times, Berglund had the longest run. Yeah. If he finished out his contract um, and he was pretty healthy, he had a shot to have the most games played in Blues history. Did he really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, if he played every – like, he basically played almost every single game. He had to be pretty healthy for the length of his five-year contract he had left. Right. He shot. If somebody did the math where he would have been really close. But that's not going to happen now. So, I think he's still, like, number seven, number six or seven in Blue's history, which is crazy. The thing is, was, was Berglund as bad as everyone made him out to be? No. No, it's a contract. It Always the contracts. Contract, and we've got we've got over my theory, and I think you kind of agree with me, the theory on why he got that contract. Um, but I think the the bigger problem when you talk Patrick Berglund is much like we talked with Colton Pareko, Berglund never got to the point where he used his big body to get stuff done. Yeah, I think that's what people He never really wanted to dig in and get dirty, and he had the size to do it. Yeah, that's how people kind of like Colton Preco, a huge guy, but he really doesn't do anything with the size. So, unfortunately, I have to say, Patrick Bergwin, you are our first nomination this year. So, a controversial one, Mike. Uh, Mike Danton. So, 
pretty blatantly it's obvious here. So controversial because he's nominated, or controversial because of the reason that he's nominated. Uh, the reason he's nominated, not because he you now. The reason he's nominated. So Mike didn't Mike didn't try to kill a guy. Let's just put yeah. it there. That's plain and simple. Not just a guy trying to kill his agent. Yeah, hire. Excuse me, hire a guy to kill his agent. So. I so, feel like this could have been a Scooby Doo episode. Yeah. So basically, he his agent was David Frost, uh, who's had some it's very it's really sorted history where he might have had a re- he might have had a relationship with him. Um, he was maybe like a father figure, maybe like I don't know, might have been kind of a more personal relationship. They, re- I mean, it's a very complicated thing. Um, it's weird. Mike Dan actually saved a guy's life overseas when I mean, he's playing in a league in uh, Germany. The guy had like a heart attack, and he like from when he was in jail, he took like all these, like, he read all these books, all these courses on like. Um, like CPR and this stuff. Then, how, yeah, how about how to save lives instead? And basically, like, save this guy's life when he had a heart attack, could have died on the ice, which is crazy. So, uh, just another layer for the whole thing. So, Mike Danton with the Blues, uh, as soon as the Blues lost their, you know, that series, that, oh, God, that godforsaken series against San Jose, uh, when they were the number one team. Yeah. They lose that, t- and they lose that series. And was it like, it's it almost the next day, within two days of that, Mike Danton is. I think he's gonna be a free agent anyway, and yep. he just gets arrested by the FBI, raid his house, and he's uh arrested. So, uh, interesting side note, which I'm 99% sure this is true. I'm pretty sure the girl that was involved in the whole thing was the uh, nurse who helped deliver my child. 99% sure. Wow. Hmm. Well, did, did this happen pre or post uh, the Danton incident? No post because um, Macy's nine, so I mean oh, that, yeah. this is back two thousand one. So yeah, it was a uh, yeah because the girl, another thing, worked with my wife when she was we were when during this whole thing because she worked at the Ice Zone and at Bath and Body Works at the Mills, and my oh. wife had worked at at the Bath and Body Works. Well, there you go. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Interesting note. Yeah. Like I said, 99% sure. Because he was like, oh, I like, she's like, nice blues jersey. I'm like, thanks. And she looked really familiar. Then she said something to my wife. She's like, do you work at Bath and Body Works? She's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden she looked at me and she's like, Jason, that's the girl. I'm like, what girl? I have no idea you're talking about. After thinking about it for an hour, being sleep deprived from being up with my child and stuff, right. I realized who it was. So interesting note there. So speaking of that time period, <coughs> get to our next nominee, who is in the ownership category. So Bill Lowry, our first nomination in the ownership category, yeah, and Bill I would say a well-deserved nomination. So Bill Lowry basically bought the team, spent a lot of money. I'll say that much. The guy spent a lot of money. One of the, he's a married to one of the Walmart heirs. Spent a lot of money to do stuff to the team, and then once he decided he wanted out, man, he basically put this franchise down for a handful of years. Uh, I think you can see, you can almost say that Ramey's still struggling because of that deal. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I think that, you know, it's hard to say that they're struggling because this is a team that's gone to the Western conference final. Uh, I say concessions and stuff like the money aspect. Of oh, it Oh, hundred percent. I, I was just thinking on ice, but uh, yeah, yeah. You're like correct. overall business. Yeah. He made a lot of deals that are still handcuffing this team to this day. And yeah. that's the parking concessions, all that. But just from a on-ice standpoint, I will never forget being uh, in L.A. and coming out of the lockout. And, uh, you know, we had lost a whole season. And 
it was finally, it was the first day of free agency. And I got into work about 7.30 in the morning. I pulled up TSN. And TSN had a running counter of, like, who was going where. Yeah. And I was really excited because I was like, who are the Blues going to get? We're hitting reset. Hockey's back. Who are the Blues going to get? And it was like the first thing, wham, Pavel Dimitra, gone. And I was like, what? Why? Why? Why are we getting rid of Pavel Dimitra? This is a terrible day. The Blues must have something big up their up their sleeves. And then, like, right after that, the one that I, I, I immediately just wanted to go home and crawl in bed and forget this day was happening, Chris Pronger unceremoniously just just sold off to to the Edmonton Oilers and us being fed the line that we got phenomenal return for Chris Pronger because they gave us Eric Effen Brewer. Yeah. So yeah, Eric Brewer, Jeff Wawicka, and Doug Lynch. Yep. And then watching those same Edmonton Oilers run to the Stanley Cup final that year. That year. And then he was ceremoniously traded, traded in that next offseason to Anaheim. And then two years later, he had a cup. So, yeah. once again, another guy leaves Blues, gets a cup. So, Bill Laurie, screw you, buddy. So, How about uh, you? you think if the Blues had, if, if Laurie doesn't decimate that team to make it cheaper to sell and you keep that core around, <clears throat> and by core, let's just say, you keep Demetra and Pronger. Yeah, this and Wait and Doug Wait was still there. Wait and Kachuk were still on the team too. So he's had right. good players. I mean, Did that team stay the course and win a cup. I, th- I think it would have been close. I mean, unfortunately, McKenna's lost with the eye injury. Could wasn't going to return. Uh, so he would have lost him. But I mean, you got those guys. You at least had a shot of being a pretty good team. Yeah. I mean. You lost those core guys. I mean, oh. they signed Bill Guerin that offseason, and he came back. That was a reclamation project, and he did well. But then he was traded to San Jose for the pick that turned into David Perron. So, did I ever uh, tell you about running into Bill Guerin in the hotel lobby when I was at the Winter Classic in Pittsburgh? No. I ran into him after the game. Uh, I was there with a band of mine that was picked to play in between periods. So they put us all up in the hotel that is attached to uh, the arena that the Penguins play. And they bust us to and from Heinz Field for the game. Well, after the game, there's a, a party. Well, the night before, there's a New Year's Eve party. And I saw Bill Guerin, but there was too much going on to see anything. But I ran, a, ran into him in the hotel the lobby after the game. And I walked up to him, and I handed him my blues hat. And he just kind of looked at me, and I was like, Hey, man, I've been a lifelong fan. I said, I really appreciate you for playing on a team where there was not a lot happening. I said, I really wish that um, the Blues would have made you an offer to stay. And he looked at me straight-faced and goes, oh, they made me an offer, but there was nothing about that team that I wanted to come back to. Oh, Awesome. And I, he didn't mean that from a city standpoint. He just meant that, like, team was a team was not going anywhere. That team was DOA, yeah. and he wasn't wrong. There was no, there was nobody else on that team. Yeah, and the Blues didn't finish. Uh, you know, I think they finished in the bottom, the bottom tier for the last couple of seasons. So he's technically right. He was at the near end of his career. So 
don't really blame him on that point. So last one, me and Chris kind of went back and forth on this one. Uh, and I, 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 I agree with Chris's points. So I, I had Brent Johnson as my nomination. Chris went with, and this is the nomination now, John Casey. Oh, yeah. So John Casey, as in, mind you, helped carry that team through the, the infamous uh, playoffs where Grant Fewer got his knee decimated by Nick Kiprios. Yes. So, mind you, came in, did valiantly against Toronto, got us through that. Um, you know how many people remember that? Say again? You know how many people remember that? None. None. You know what people remember about John Casey? The Steve Eiserman shot. The Steve Eiserman goal in game seven in double overtime of a 0-0 game from downtown. Yeah, which is going to be the – which is why I – which I finally succumbed and gave a, with Chris on that one because it's true because every freaking year, especially when they had the 100-year anniversary, I can't remember how many times I listened to NHL radio where that's the, that's the thing they brought up all the time. You see that, that highlight every April. When it gets playoff time and they start running highlights of anything can happen in the playoffs, you see that shot and that stupid-ass celebration – of Steve Eiserman just jumping up and down from center ice on his way down. And Casey, God love him, never saw the shot. Yeah, never I think Murray Barron had a partial screen on him on there. and yep. Yeah, that's a tough uh, one. Think about that team that year. Oh, yeah, that's the year we acquired Gretzky. Yeah, uh, Gretzky, Hall, um, Pronger, McKenna's, Pronger, Grant Fewer, or at least when he was in net. You know, yeah. you had how many, like right there, all Hall of Famers right there. Yeah. You know, like obscene amount of Hall of Famers you had on that team. A lot of other, I think, I think it was, was Glenn Anderson, a couple of, that's a, is that the year where he loaded it full of veterans and stuff? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a lot of guys on that team that, that was a playoff, like, made team and then just like, just like any other blue, just just like a lot of blues teams in the past, that's you run to the one team that's on your level or better, and you just couldn't get by them. That's a PlayStation level team right there. Oh yeah, it's that was a crazy stack team when you look back on. It. Even though you're talking about maybe Gretzky on the backside of his career, but you're still talking about the greatest player in the game. Okay, he's still Wayne F and Gretzky. Correct. So I mean, it's one of those things where it sucked. Like you see, that's one of the that's probably the first time I can think of that. Like I just broke down. I was at my dad's house. And I just remember just like after that, I was just on the ground, just like sobbing. Cause it's just like, I thought that was the year, you know, like that was the year. Like you thought it cause you had all these guys. I got a Gretzky Jersey. I was like so excited. And then I was wearing my Gretzky Jersey. I was too. I was, uh, I was at my buddy's house. Uh, I was in college. And my buddy had a house off campus. <clears throat> and um, I think it was a Monday night because there was something else on TV that my roommate wanted to watch. And I was like, fine, I'll go to my friend's house. who was a hockey fan. And we sat in his living room and watched it on the big screen. And I remember when, when that goal went in, I just sat there in silence for, I think like 20 minutes. Cause I remember thinking like, not like this. Yeah. Like, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. But not like this. And that's the, the thing about hockey is that it can happen so fast. And it can happen, and it usually does happen, on goofy, weird goals. Like, the only other goal that I think, as a hockey fan, 
would be more crushing to me would be to be a Philadelphia Flyers fan on that overtime goal that Patrick Kane scored to win the Stanley Cup when yeah. for like 15 seconds, nobody, nobody did what happened, yeah. anything except Patrick Kane who's celebrating. Like the the refs haven't made the goal signal. The horn hasn't gone off. Nobody else on the Blackhawks is celebrating. But Patrick Kane knows that he scored. And it was like, I think they even reviewed it. And like, because it happened in Philadelphia. And <clears throat> it was the most anticlimactic overtime Stanley Cup clinching moment I've ever seen. And it's, yeah. it's the only thing that made me go, wow, man, that really sucks for those fans. And that's what made me think of that. The first thing that popped in my mind was they got to feel how I felt watching that Iserman goal against, against the blues. Yeah. That was uh brutal to say the least. So those are four nominations, Patrick Berglund and Mike Denton, Bill Laurie and John Casey. So that'll be on Twitter. So I uh, want you to vote. We'll leave that up until uh, for the week. We'll leave it up for about a week and we'll see what happens. And hopefully, uh, and then we'll give you guys an answer on the next podcast, who is the new nomination, who is the newest inductee into the Blues Hall of Shame. So uh, last bit of business is we're going to go into Chris's really fantastic idea. So I'm going to let Chris do more explanation than me. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and let people know our kind of the idea that you have for our latest giveaway. (laughs) Well, so I had sort of a a cold medicine-induced epiphany over the weekend. And obviously times are rough for, for us blues fans. And it's the season where when we were kids, we'd always put our wish list together and we'd always ask Santa for things that we wanted. And so I want everyone who's listening to the show, sit down and imagine that Santa is a hockey fan. And Santa has the ability to bring you one thing that you think can fix this hockey team. Now, it has to be something realistic. If you say a trade, then you need to say who you want traded in and who you want traded out. And it has to be a realistic trade. It can't be, I want the Blues to trade. Um, Sammy Blay for Alex Ovechkin. Right, right. So it, it's got to be something legit. And it can be anything you want. It can be, you know, who you think the next permanent head coach should be and a reason why, or if it is a trade, or if it's a line shakeup, or whatever it is. It, now can it could be, be a Blues getting a certain draft pick for all you can say. Yep, it, whatever, whatever you – if you had a chance to sit down with Hockey Santa Claus and say, Santa, please bring the St. Louis Blues this um, and submit it to us. And we are going to give whoever we think has the best wish for Santa. Uh, well, we're going to narrow, narrow it down to three finalists. And then we will post the three finalists online and we'll give you a vote. And the winning person is going to win a blue stocking. And in that stocking will be 
one of our podcast t-shirts, and you'll obviously have to tell us what size you need. Mm-hmm. There will be a St. Louis Blues 50th anniversary flag. Correct. <clears throat> there will be a pair of St. Louis Blues winter gloves that you can use while using your smartphone. Yep. Uh, Blues calendar as well. A Blues 2019 team calendar from opening night. Yep. And the big one. And the big one is an autographed 8 by 10 of Mr. Blue himself, Brett Hall. So a little bit of everything there, a little bit of the past, a little of the present. So uh, a good little prize pack and a very awesome idea by Chris. So uh, I will be posting pictures and I'm going to be putting a bunch of this stuff. If you listen to this a little bit later, this podcast will be posted during the game. It is the Oilers tomorrow night, uh, December 5th. That's when I'm going to also post a contest out there. Uh, it'll be on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. I'm going to take submissions from all. I'm going to be really make sure I get everything. One submission per person. So if you put it on each one of the uh, socials, I'm only going to take one of those. So I had people trying to do that last time we did one. So uh, I'll just take one submission per, I guess, social. Uh, but we're going to have it on all of them. So make sure you do that. So really good idea. I'll post a picture of the stocking a little bit later. Uh, like I said, the T-shirt, you just let me know what it is, and I'll have Glass Banger send it out to you. I'll order it and make sure it gets sent to you whatever size you need. So uh, – once again, thanks, everybody. So during the holiday season, uh, show our appreciation for everybody listening to the show and participating in all the online stuff we do. So really hopeful for uh, – grateful, not hopeful, grateful for everybody. So send me rambling. We'll wrap things up. So yeah, if you, I mean, look, if I, can, if I can echo off that, uh, we are extremely grateful. I mean, especially this season. Look, man, it, it's hard for us to sit down every week and talk about this team. It's got to be hard for you guys to listen to it. Um, there's not a lot to be excited or happy about right now as Blues fans. Uh, but you guys still come every week and you listen to us two idiots talk about hockey and talk about this team. And uh, this is just our way of uh, finding a way to get back. Yeah, so hopefully the Blues, uh, I mean, turn it around. I mean, I guess there's still technically time. I mean, they're only 25% of the way through, a little over 25% of the way through the season. I guess crazier things have happened. The Blues are further about. They had a little bit more points than this when they had that crazy run. Uh, when they lost to Vancouver in the first round, they went twenty-five, eight, and three. Yeah, the rest of the way. So I mean, I mean, it's highly possible to go the rest of the year and have this crazy run. It still could come together. Who knows? Uh, not sure. If not, I'm kind of one way or another. If they're going to run, let's make the run and go for playoffs. Great. Go for it. I hope they do well and get the playoffs. But I'm at the point of if they're going to lose and suck, man, go for it. Really suck. Really suck. Yeah, like go for it. And make sure you get one of the top two picks. Yeah, like I agree. If you're gonna if you're gonna play well, play well and let's get into the playoffs. That's where I'm at. If you're gonna suck, man, man, you just suck and tank this season. Then let's go back to the 0506 year when I worked there. Let's I just agree. make sure nobody's there. <clears throat> I 100% agree. So that's what I mean. If you're going to play your hearts out, play your hearts out and get us into the playoffs. If you're going to be a joyless team and bring no joy to anybody, go that way. Let's get a high draft pick and reset this thing. So anyways, let's uh, wrap it up there. Find us on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at? At Hossapalooza. And also on Facebook is Blues Hockey Podcast, as well as Instagram, Blues Hockey Podcast. So those are the three places you will find our contest that we just talked about. So we'll call it the Blues Hockey Podcast. Stocking extravaganza palooza. Rolls off the ground.
short and sweet, like everything, like everything we do. Yeah. So also uh, YouTube is where to find us and our website, blueshockeypodcast.com and .net. So we're working on .org and .edu. Correct. And like that's I said, awesome. like I said, the Tinder profile is, and that's a long thing to do. <laughs> so that's so, so it's, it's a lot longer than I thought it'd be. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. So I think that's good. We'll have this contest will be good. Uh, we got some other stuff in the works, which I'm going to be slowly rolling out throughout the year. And we'll try to, we're going to start trying some new stuff. Cause like I said, it's going to be, we're planning ahead in case it's going to be hard to talk about the blues. We're, we're planning for a long winter. Yeah. So hopefully it's not, like I said, I'd rather talk about fun stuff and us rolling through teams, but in case that doesn't happen, we've got some fun stuff to spice up the podcast. So, uh, thanks for listening to us, and then we'll talk to you guys uh, next week before the holidays. See ya.